Hey guys, welcome to WDWNT Nerd Alert. I'm your host, Joe Hogarty, and joining me tonight is Jack McCarthy. Howdy, folks. And Fedra Ekris. Hello, everybody. So on tonight's show, what we're going to do is we're going to go over She-Hulk. Uh, I've seen episode two. Any of you guys seen episode two? I caught episode two as well. I have not. Okay. There's not major spoilers, so we can kind of talk about it. Uh, but yeah, we're going to talk about She-Hulk. You can kind of, again, give your response of what you think of She-Hulk in general. Fedra, again? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there's something I I did want to point out and you know well, just represent represent Charlie a little bit because uh, he brought he brought up a good point uh, well, on Facebook. Yeah, when when we uh, yeah when we get to that we'll we'll you know just bring that up. Um, okay, it was from episode one, not episode two. Okay, that's fine. Um, yeah, we got news to go over, but uh, Jack, have you seen anything lately? Any movies or? Uh, I have been catching the Orville oh, season three on Disney Plus. Okay. And um, I've been pretty impressed by it. They've they've really changed the tone of the show very much from the first season. Uh, this is definitely a Star Trek vibe to it. It's has some serious storylines. Asks some like serious questions in the plot uh it's not just uh seth mcfarland goofing around with his buddies in the around the galaxy well that's good they they have some very interesting storylines so far so it's taken a good step forward it's not quite trek but it's pretty darn good would you say start with season three or go all the way back to season one? Um, I think you would need to go back to season one if you have it. Um, and even season one and two are still fun shows, but they're a little bit more jokey. Um, here in season three, I guess it's when they made the jump to Hulu that they got some increased funds hmm. because the show special effects look a bit better. Um, the music, geez, they, they sound like they've gone into full orchestra mode in the music. Uh, it definitely has a different background sound to it in that regards. Um, but no, it's been pretty good. Oh, that's cool. So speaking of Star Trek, and I know, Fedri, you've seen a movie, and we'll discuss that one too. Um but since he's bringing up Star Trek, I did watch a couple of Star Trek movies, and you're going to laugh at which ones I happened to see. I went straight to Star Trek V, The Final Frontier. Why? I just wanted to see if it was as bad as I remember. <laughs> and? Um, yeah, it's got some good parts, but yeah, overall it's pretty bad. But did you know who originally was supposed to play Cybok? Um, no, because I've kind of blotted a lot of that movie out of my memory. So Sean Connery was supposed to play Cybok. And uh, I think that'd be pretty cool if he was in it. If he, the, the reason why he didn't was because he was making Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, and he was also making uh, The Hunt for Red October. And... Um, so it was around the same time that those 
I guess he was he was contracted with Paramount. They were all Paramount Pictures, but uh, they really wanted him in it. In, act, in fact, they named the planet where that godlike figure is on is called uh, Shakri. <laughs> in in memory of him. Yeah, so it's, it's actually Shakari, <laughs> which is wow. supposed to be Sean Connery. How cool is that? Get your name on a planet in a movie. Yeah. And people groaned about the purple lightsaber. <laughs> but I, I don't know. I, I think it could have been a better movie if uh, Shatner wasn't involved with directing. I, I, I did find out some interesting stuff. Like Roddenberry didn't like the story, and he told Shatner, he says, I don't approve of this story. I don't want you know religion to be a big theme in the Star Trek universe. And uh, Shatner is like, I guess Shatner and Harv Bennett ended up writing the story. And he says, well, that's the one we're going with. Uh, but Roddenberry was really pissed off. He wasn't happy at all. Um, but here's the thing. Harv Bennett didn't. I think he was one one of the guys who wrote Wrath of Khan. How do you go from Wrath of Khan to I know. Star Trek V in terms of. Well, I think he did three and four, too. Did he? Well. I know he did Voyage Home. I don't know. Maybe, maybe it was Shatner's influence. Could have been. But uh, what was also interesting, I also watched Star Trek VI, The Undiscovered Country. Which was a vast improvement. So now this I found very interesting, and I, I would have really liked to have seen this, was uh, you remember uh, Kim Cattrall? She played Valeris. Mm-hmm. So originally, that character was supposed to be Savick, and they were going to get Kirstie Alley back to be Savick and she was going to be the traitor in the Federation yeah but she was already deep in cheers at that point wasn't she well it doesn't well it's all paramount you know oh that's right it is so um but but what do you think about that Savick being a traitor it would have made a little bit more sense because I think she was half Romulan that she could have had a little bit more loyalty of an emotional reason why to do it than uh, what was her name? Valaris? Is, was it Valaris? Yeah. Yeah, and then Val- Valaris. You know, so uh, that could have explained a little bit why the motivation or something. You know, but um, I don't know. Star Trek: The Undiscovered Country was was an enjoyable movie. I like that one. No, I, I, I do too. Star was, Trek Five. It was a nice one to end this that movie series on. And uh, what else was it? But Rodden, Roddenberry put the kibosh on Savick. He said, "Nope, because she's too beloved in the franchise. I don't want to have her become a traitor." Uh, but I, I think well, that would be cool. Loftus is a little strong of a word, but, you know. Um, I, I wonder but, why they didn't even think of bringing Robin, Cur- uh, Robin Curtis back instead as her. Well, no, they decided that they just didn't want, you know, Roddenberry made a, a stink, which I can understand. You know, I mean, that, that's fine, but I still would have liked to have seen it. Um, Frederick, have you, have you seen those movies, the Star Trek Movies. No, that's why I'm keeping quiet. I, I have no idea. I wouldn't know where to begin. With two. Two, three, and four <laughs> are actually 
considered a trilogy. And uh, they're actually pretty good. I, I would think that they're pretty good. I think you would really like to. It's, uh, I don't know if you would consider two a masterpiece, but uh, it's definitely by far the best Star Trek movie ever made. And uh, it's uh, really well done. Okay. You put that on your list. You can put it like down, in back. down <laughs> on your list. <laughs> okay. Um, but yeah, I thought that was kind of cool. I, I did want to mention too, and then we'll get to Fedra's movie review. I saw the DC League of Super Pets. You did? Oh gosh! I thought that was on your the Joe list of I'm never going to see this. Movie. I can't even see you seeing it. I think you'd have like a grumpy cat face the whole time watching it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, it was free, so I got to see it for free. Ah, uh, okay. Um. But I'll tell you the truth, it, it it's not as bad as what I anticipated. The, the biggest problem is that, you, did you ever hear those those movies, Secret Life of Pets? Yeah. That's what it was trying to be like, you know, talking pets and all that. If they would have gotten rid of... I've never... Well, actually, I might have seen one of them. Um, I don't know. You know, if they would have gotten rid of the pets, this would have been... They could have made a good movie out of it because the characters it would have been were about pretty five cool. Minutes long. Well, no, but the whole thing <laughs> is, is this looked like, like DC in a in a Pixar movie. Like, Superman was voiced by John Krasinski, and he was pretty good. Um, Keanu Reeves voiced Batman, and he sounded pretty good. I didn't like his look. His look was kind of weird. I don't know who voiced Wonder Woman, but you know they they had all the members of the Justice League. But I, I, I don't know. I, I just, I, I liked also that Superman, it went by this, the Christopher Reeve Superman story. Like you saw the origin of Superman leaving Krypton and it was almost exactly like what we saw in Superman the movie. And they used John Williams' Superman theme too. And for Batman, they used Tim Burton's Batman theme and, and, oh yeah, <laughs> and, and his Batmobile, and for Wonder Woman they use Linda Carter's Wonder Woman theme, which I thought was really cool. Wonder Woman. Yep. Yeah, and she looked great. They, they, the characters looked really good. But again, I think the what ruined it, the, the worst part of the movie was The Rock. He's just whatever he does, he's always the same. Like he cannot like. If you say, like, show his anger, like, hi, I'm the rock. And it's like, show his happiness. Hi, I'm the rock. <laughs> you know, he's got no range whatsoever. And I just don't like him playing crypto. I, I, I couldn't picture crypto. <laughs> I think you could say, I don't like him, period. I, yeah, yeah. Not that I don't like him, period. I, I just, I think he's overrated. And he just doesn't match crypto at all do you remember well i'll ask this to jack i i used to i used to collect superboy and crypto was in superboy i was telling dan this story that those were pretty good i liked those comic books because they had like the the origin of lex luther do you recall yeah when he was a, he was a kid and 
Well, somehow Superboy was involved with explosion or something, which is why he lost his hair. Yeah, yeah. What happened was, uh, I think, like, Kryptonite fell to the earth or whatever, and Lex Luthor was, like, Superman, Superboy's biggest fan, and he saved Superboy by taking the, the Kryptonite away from him. And they became friends, and then he realized that Lex Luthor was obsessed with him. He had a little museum of Superboy, like bars that he bent and like concrete that he'd smashed. So he decided to make him his own science lab because he was a budding scientist. And he was experimenting with something, Lex Luthor, and then the lab caught on fire. Superboy came to save him, and he blew it out with his super breath, and he blew his hair out. <laughs> and that really pissed off Lex Luthor. Because <laughs> back in the day, you know, having a bald head was a lot less acceptable than it is today. And uh, he held a, an immense grudge, <laughs> you know, over it. And he decided that they were now enemies and that Superman did it, Superboy did it intentionally and that... Uh, he was going to have his revenge. But I thought that was a cool story. It was, it was fun. But Crypto was, was heavily involved in the Superboy comics. And uh, I liked it. You know, as a kid, I was fine with it. But he I don't really recall Crypto ever going beyond Superboy. Like, no. uh, They've had him a few times show up um, as Superman. Yeah, he was in that. Like, it was uh, kind of a running gag for a while because, you know, every time they were like, oh, yeah, Batman, you know, complained about something. And Superman would be like, it's the dog, isn't it? You know, like. No, I remember he was in that uh, that Michael Turner comic book where it was Supergirl and Crypto didn't like her. He kept chasing her around the Fortress of Solitude. He's <laughs> uh, not a fan. And, and Batman never liked Crypto either. You know, no, he, he didn't. He would say, "Stay away from that dog." <laughs> you know. <laughs> but anyway, so yeah, I mean, I, I I think kids would really like it, especially very small kids. But it was story was dumb. But the the heroes looked pretty cool, and Lex Luthor was really really cool. It was probably like my favorite version of Lex Luthor. Would I suggest you? pay money to see it no but, but where'd you say is was that is it on hbo max now no not yet i'll just say you know a, a friend treated me to go and see it okay oh that's that. nice isn't it nice yeah <laughs> isn't it nice i guess it's nice yeah anywho all right so fedra I know you've seen a movie recently. Yes. And what, pray tell, may, may that movie be? I finished Man of Steel. And what did you think of it? Well, there's parts that I liked, and there's parts that I didn't like. I even wanted to look up the rating, and I actually didn't even rate it as low as it was online. I was very surprised. They said 4.6. Which I think is a very harsh rating. That's kind of low. Yeah, I think that. Yeah. I think I, that's kind of deserved. I thought you, it really, was in you between. Weren't a fan? You really? Weren't... No, I'm surprised, I, I, I had severe problems with that movie. 
across the board. Severe. Yes, absolutely. Not me. You know. Um, all right. I thought the tone of it was all wrong. I thought that the whole <clears throat> betrayal of both Clark and his father was totally off base. Mm. Um, I, well, I like Amy Adams. I do echo Joe that she isn't exactly like the best Lois Lane. Um, Superman's indifference to the collateral damage the fight at the end was causing. Um, like I said, I had I just had a lot of problems with it. Um, that I think that four point whatever is deserved. I was between a five and a six, to be honest, but I'm rating everything again. So music, effects, storyline, you know, how close it is to Superman. So you guys will have to, you know, correct me because I I never read much of Superman. I did see it and there were certain parts I liked, like how he was like hovering over things. Like I saw that in the comics a lot where he would just hover in flight, you know, Uh, I really enjoyed that. I think. Uh, the guy, Henry Cavill, I think he did a great job, even though, again, you know, I still think that Christopher Reeves is Superman. Uh, mm. But there was a lovely scene uh, that really, I felt, captivated him uh, the best when it came to the character. So I was happy. It was like, all right, even if I got a few seconds of it, I got it in this film. I was very surprised, and I don't know if this actor just doesn't like script, I just felt like Superman didn't really have a lot of words. I felt like everyone else was talking around him, but he didn't really say much. So that that kind of bothered me. Like, I felt it was a very tailored script. I didn't feel like there was a lot of depth in it. It was just like action, alien, ship, fire, destruction, <laughs> you know, fear. <laughs> and then Amy Adams is just, like, trying to climb this freaking, you know, snow avalanche to go to this alien ship and then suddenly she's in a helicopter and then suddenly she's with the army and then suddenly it was just like ridiculous i was like nah this ain't lois sorry no what was the scene that you said that impressed you didn't you say there was something um yeah i think it's before he goes to the zod ship he just it just it turns and you see the cape and then you see him in full suit Hmm. And he's kind of like just coming toward the camera and then he flies off and like that was the best. I mean, I know they tried to replicate, you know, replicate the flying over Earth, but it wasn't the same. There's there's a I don't know, there's a certain kind of energy and feeling of Christopher Reeves when he's just angling over the Earth and the sun's rising like it's like nobody's been able to capture that like him. So sorry, it's just it's just beautifully done. Um, I think I Snyder, like, I, I think he was trying to be more realistic. Yeah. But I, I agree with you, though. I think Christopher Reeve's scene that he has after every movie is beautiful. Yeah, and just before he goes off camera, sort of out of the frame, he kind of looks at the camera and smiles just as he goes out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah. And, and uh, uh, Brandon Roth did that, too, in Superman Returns. So they all try to mimic that. At some point, but yeah, yeah no, I. Oh, you, go ahead. No, I was gonna say you barely see 
Cavill do that because he goes by so fast. But uh, I, I understand what you're saying, though. I mean, I like the different parts of like him just supermaning straight through, like into these like buildings and stuff. That was good because I saw that in comics as well. So it was nice to see different ways of him flying and fighting. Um, I didn't buy the whole storyline. I still felt it was weak. Um, again, like I just didn't like Amy Adams. It was interesting that I liked her acting in the second one more than I did in this first one. And then it was funny. Like it was just a little joke for myself. Um, every time uh, I would see the actor, I'd be like, it's Morpheus. And then there'd be like that moment Whereas they're like looking at the alien ship and he's like, I've got to call Neo. Like that, that's what was in my mind the whole time. I just couldn't get over it. I was just like, Morpheus. It's like, he's the man. Then that's why you're going to get your pay and you're going to be able to keep your job because I'm Morpheus. Like, I swear, like, I wish they could have made like a meme or a skit like that. That would have been phenomenal. But I know, separate movie. Um, I loved, uh, Kevin Costner and Diane Lane as the couple. Like, at first, I thought it was, like, a little weird, but it really fit. Like, even me and Julian were, like, watching how Kevin Costner was playing this man. And sorry to take this to a different turn real quick, but you know how I'm always talking about the occult and metaphysics and spirituality. There's this moment in there where it really, like, to me, it's like the comics were almost imitating the Bible, and how Superman is Jesus. Oh, no, and yeah, how, that's... And how, like, Kevin Costner is, like, Joseph. And he was just like, well, you you have to decide which man you're going to be, you know? Like, you could be good and or you could be bad, but you could save the world, you know? You could you could choose to, to help humanity. And I was just like, whoa. Like, it, it really almost felt like that because, like... Well, that's Super- who Superman is, though. It, it... It's he is kind of like a Christ-like figure, yeah, especially I mean, like, in, in he, Superman in the movie, like uh, when he goes to the Fortress of Solitude, and uh, you know, Jor-El says because of their, uh, what is it? They Compassion. only need someone to guide him. Yeah, I've sent them you, my only son. Wow! <laughs> yeah, it's, I mean, it's. I mean, you can't get any closer than that. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, it's an allegory for uh, that's the proper term for I would say the Christ story, and even so, like in this one too, like when he goes to see the priest, yeah, you, know, you see Jesus. I love that. Oh, I totally ate that up. And the stained glass with the the yeah. red cloak. Yeah, and even Julian was just like, oh, okay, so everything gets tough, and an alien goes to a church. How funny is that? And I was like, no, that that actually shows a lot of that like logical side. And and I said again, they're showing this beautiful form of the masculine uh, divinity. You know, like he's he's nurturing, he's you know calm, he's protective. You know, and he doesn't know what to do. So instead of going to his logical mind, he goes to his emotional side and he seeks the priest. And I love how he says that he doesn't know who to trust. And what does, you know, the priest say? He says, trust your gut, trust your intuition. You know, I, I loved that. And that's what, you know, he did. And he said that he was going to give himself up to humanity and let humans, you know, decide. Uh, the beginning of the film is very disturbing. Uh, I even have the script up just to just to oh, point really? out some things. Okay, oh, yeah. You know, you know me. I got my notes. <laughs> 
<laughs> I don't have the yellow notes, but um, if you if you if you listen to the wording, and this is right in the beginning when Zod and, and the council is there, and he says, "We may only have a matter of weeks." I warned you. Harvesting the core was suicide. It was accelerated, the process of implosion. Our energy reserves were exhausted. What would you have us do, L? Look to the stars, like our ancestors did. There are habitable worlds within reach. We can begin by using the old outposts. Are you seriously suggesting that we evacuate the entire planet? No, everybody here is already dead. Give me control of the Codex, and I will survive. Uh, I will ensure the survival of our race. Like, really, these are actual like discussions. That sound very similar to what you know we're doing now, you know the what I mean by that is by AI and and trying to really manipulate and bioengineer you know humans so us so that we can be even more perfect so we can choose what eye color what hair color so we can make sure that none of us have diseases so we can make sure that there's no disability and you know on and on and on I mean when he said that you know every single person was designed for a purpose I mean yo like. Isn't that what they're trying to do right now with you? You know, human technology mm-hmm. and, and Neuralink and all that. And I know that may be far fetched, okay, because this was a few years ago. But it's just like when you research into like UFOs and the possibility of different kinds of galaxies and different kinds of UFOs, they have said very similar things that apparently, possibly, UFOs came here because they had a similar lack of resource. So they designed us to kind of maintenance things, and they're actually still here. And that's where a lot of people believe that. So I just find it ironic that it's in this first part of the film, and I'm like, what? Like, because I read that stuff. You know me. I'm open to reading anything and accepting anything. So it's just kind of odd. It's like, okay, so you got this whole theory and idea of, like, other UFO species, like, ruining their planet to leave and consume it from other planets of other resources but then you got superman who's like this jesus figure you know saving humanity it's like whoa that's like really like interesting how they put these things together and maybe it's the writers maybe it's a coincidence maybe it's a conspiracy theory i don't care it's just i love diving deep into it and and that's what you know made me want to watch it more i love the whole idea that it was in the ice it reminded me of that horror film thing, amazing thing? with Kurt Russell. <laughs> the flying saucers just yeah, it was underneath Antarctica. That's what they were digging up, and then they found the UFO there. It's like they're kind of perpetuating that idea. Like if it's not in the desert, apparently it's in the freezing cold, you know. And um, I'm a big uh, SVU fan, so it was awesome to see the general, which is the actor in SVU. Uh, he's a uh, detective uh, Benson. SVU. Oh, SVU. Uh, it's um, special victims unit. Yeah, right? oh, special victims the, unit. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I never seen. It's kind of like a Law and Order show. Uh, it's actually one of the longest Law and Order shows in existence. It has 18 seasons, and I must say, I've seen them all. So oh, yeah, boy. I am a I am a dar- diehard you're, fan. You're like Jack. You know? <laughs> what does that mean? No, Jack. <laughs> Jack gets hooked on these seasons and. And he watches them fully, and I just could never do that. Except for Curb Your Enthusiasm. I'm a big fan of that. 
Well, I love Olivia as the detective. She's the bomb. If I ever saw her in person, I would just want to give her a big hug. And, I mean, if I ever see the other guy, I'm going to call him Benson. I'm never going to call him by his real name. Like, you're the agent, man. Like, you're you're the you're the angry guy who, like, just, you know, just roughs up these sick guys, you know. He's always protective. But, anyway, um, I mean, would I see it again? No, I, I don't think so. I, it, it was it was good to make sense when I rewatched two, and now it's funny. It seems like I am gonna like and enjoy part two more than part <laughs> one, even though Ben Affleck's in it. I'm still not gonna like it because he's in there, but <laughs> but I, I do want to give it another shot. Oh, so and, you're gonna watch it again? Well, yeah, because like I know. But then you I gotta watched... watch Justice League after that. Yeah, that's what you said. No, not you necessarily. Said, you could stop. And you no, said the no, it's one. more of a trilogy. No, no, she has to watch Justice League. It's a continuation. <sighs> I know you don't like it. Uh, you, no, you know, I don't. Uh, there were. You you might like it. I mean, there were there are definitely things I like about it, but. Um, I mean, it, it was just like this one had just this, a weak storyline with all the fighting and stuff and the whole, like, how they're going to take them down. I just couldn't buy it. I mean, uh, Russell, uh, Russell, Russell Crowe? No, no. Yeah, yeah Russell Crowe. Yeah. Russell Crowe? I mean, for his presence as the father, I really enjoyed that. I thought it was mm-hmm. kind of uh, funny with him and Zod bickering um, as the scientist versus the, the general. I liked that part. Uh, but, I mean, it still just felt not whole. Like, it was, like, it was bits and pieces, like, it was, like, four writers in there, and we're like, well, we're going to try and get this and this and this and this, and then we're going to try and just put it all together. And then I felt the pace of the film overall was very fast. So that Hmm. part I did like, because it didn't feel like Batman, where it's like, I need to get out of here. This is the longest detective movie ever. He's right behind you. <laughs> Where is he? He's right behind you. <laughs> End of movie. <laughs> so, I mean, like, do I think Zack Snyder is a good director? I mean, uh, I, I mean, Christopher Knoll was also executive producer on this. Uh, I mean, I don't want to knock down Nolan, but, um, De- definitely not a favorite, but I really, well, I really just producer am, though. Yeah, but I am happy about Henry Cavill. I mean, he definitely did a great job presenting Superman, and that's that's hard. That's really hard to, you know, be underneath the shadow of you know Christopher Reeves. That's a hard thing to roll on. So I'm definitely gonna give him that. Well, Superman, he's such an iconic character that all of these movies, the Christopher Reeve ones, the Henry Cavill ones, they're just like retelling, reimagining of what the character is. It's not necessarily canon. I mean, there are some things that, yeah, there's the planet Krypton and his parents send him out uh, yeah. to save his life and the planet explodes. You know, there, there's a lot of things that they share in common with the comic books. But I'm okay, like, if... Zack Snyder decides to give his own touch of what he feels his Superman story is. I mean, it wasn't an, an abomination. If it was, you'd be hearing me screaming for, for years. I'd still be screaming about it because Superman's my favorite character. I did like a lot of the things that they did do with the character. 
But uh, I do think the beginning uh, I was completely unnecessary. The stuff that they had on Krypton. I like that Zod and and Jor-El respected each other on the planet Krypton, you know, and that they could have been allies. And then they had to deal with the council, the politicians, and whatever. But what I didn't like was this whole genetic engineering of uh, of children, and that Jor-El, you know, decided that his son was going to be naturally born, and that was like the stupidest line too. <laughs> He's like, Zod, we had a bo- we had a we had a child, a boy child. Yeah. I, I always get a kick every time I hear that line because it just doesn't well, it seem makes, like it fits. I, I don't know. It makes sense why he, he no, sent but him. just the way he said it because we had a child, a boy, a child. You know, I I find that funny, but I just don't. I don't know. I, I don't think that that's necessary in the history of Superman. I mean, it's kind mm-hmm. of fluff, and like what Jack said too. To me, Kevin Costner was a horrible. Really? Jonathan Kent. Yeah, well, part of him, you know, he basically scared the crap out of young Clark and made him like, it's like the government's going to take you away. It, like when those, when that bus like went into the, the lake, he's like, well, what was I supposed to do? Not save them? And he's like, maybe. <laughs> you know, it's like see, Jonathan I can see Kent that would point. never say that. You know, really? it's like, yeah, his, his dad, his dad would not be cool with a bunch of kids drowning. Just keep the secret. And the same thing. I, I still say, you know, Clark Kent would never stand there and watch his dad be pulled up by a tornado. Yeah, by the tornado. I thought that was whack. Yeah, definitely. You know, I mean, it. that's just, no, but that just wouldn't happen. Yeah. And See, I thought that was Kevin Costner wanting to be like, look, I got to be awesome and then I got to die. <laughs> I don't think he had anything to do with the script. Um I think he was a victim of circumstance, but yeah, it's not his biggest problem. I'm not saying it's his fault. I think I think the problems I have with the movie come from Snyder, and that's yeah. that's it. Well, he does do really good action. I loved a lot of the action in that movie. You know, the flying, the fights with the Kryptonians, um, mm-hmm. just so much stuff. And the same thing. And I actually. I watched a lot of Batman v Superman last night. I didn't watch the whole thing because, again, fast forward is always your friend with some movies. But I I watched the fight with him and Batman, and I watched the Doomsday fight with Wonder Woman, Batman, and Superman. Uh, and it's it's such a great action sequence, both of those sequences. Um, but yeah, Snyder kind of throws in stuff. His whole view of life is that it's dark. And he always applies a stupid blue filter to everything to make it look even more depressing than it has to be. Like, yeah, and and Jack and I have said this in the past. You can do that with Batman, but not with Superman. Like, right. Su- Superman is glad that he is on Earth. That he he feels almost blessed that this is his uh, adoptive home that they took him in. And he's know. bright. He's supposed to inspire hope. Yes. Not be mopey and gloomy all the time. True. Because uh, there's one thing, if you could explain to me, if you can. I didn't understand that if Zod and him were very powerful and they're fighting each other, how come the way that Superman kills him is just popping his neck? I just felt like that was just a very weak death. Can you guys explain 
Like, well, I mean, if if they're at the same level, it would just be like two regular guys fighting, and yeah, one if I was fighting Jack and somebody else's neck, you know, yeah, I'd, I'd break Jack's neck. You know? <laughs> and then throw me off the cliff. Yeah, Joe, we know we know all about your plans, and like, and then I bring you back to the dead from the dead. You'd be doomsday. Well, in, in the comics, like when Superman does his first kill, is he like that? Like, does he actually feel emotion? Um, for it, it because I, I thought he kills bad guys and he's just like, eh, it's bad. Like, eh, you guys go. Like, he's well, not Batman. I mean, once you get the old, old original stories, same way Batman used a gun. But uh, I remember the only time Superman like killed in like recent history mm-hmm. um, was he was in another dimension and the three Kryptonian. Villains were alive, and they they killed they destroyed a planet, uh, and ki- well they killed everybody on a planet, and you know they were almost boasting to Superman, well you don't kill, and he's like, yeah but the three of you can't be allowed to do this anywhere else, you know, and eventually exposes them to their dimensions kryptonite, you know, and that kills them, you know, right. And, you know, it was it was very much written that, you know, this was he saw it as the last resort. And if they ever escaped or allowed to do this again, you know, billions of people would die at their hands. And he's like, this just can't be allowed to happen again. You know, it was remorseful, but it was like it was something he felt he had to do because I think they. I think in that thing that they somehow escaped the Phantom Zone. Well, yeah. they escaped the Phantom Zone in the regular comics, in the regular universe, in the movies. And he was just like, no, if, if I send you to Phantom Zone, you'll get out again. You know, it has to be final. But, I mean, that was the last time I remember Superman killed. Because he, he, that's the thing about him. He always finds a way not to. He always finds a different route to take. And um, that's one of the things that makes him great as a superhero. He kills. Um, he doesn't kill frequently. He definitely, I would say, he's more into killing aliens, like creatures, uh, like Doomsday. You know, he had to kill, which was kind of dumb, you know, the whole story. He, uh, <laughs> well, not that it's the same, but I remember the alien... Superman crossover. He killed several aliens. <laughs> um, but no, he, he, he definitely he doesn't have that whole problem that Batman has with killing. You know, he, if he has to, he will kill. He hasn't really gone out of his way to try to kill Luther. He kind of lets him go. But I, I think if he had the time to kill Darkseid or Brainiac, you know, he would, or not necessarily the time, uh, the ability, but they're both even matches for him, and it, it's kind of hard for him to to get you know one over on them. Tries his best, but he usually comes out. It's usually a draw or barely a win, and he's very bloody by the time the fight's over. Right. Um, but but I I, I, lo- I I thought Henry Cavill was a very good Superman. And um, and the the flying scenes were incredible. 
mm-hmm. I thought Zod I thought was very good, although I prefer Terrence Stamp just because, you know, he's just so iconic. I, I, I watched that too this week, Superman 2. And um, that's still a blast to watch. It brings back fond memories. I remember when I saw that in the theaters back in the day when a Cares show would be sold out. <laughs> yeah, you know. And, and like everybody just clapping, jumping out of their seats. You know, like when uh, he reverses the whole Kryptonian process of removing uh, Superman's powers at the end and he crushes his hand. That's just so great. It's such a it's a, it's a fun movie. I think but people, I think teenagers of today they they'd watch it and they're like, Ugh, this is so dumb, <laughs> you know. Or these special effects are just so yeah. weird. Well, they want to see the wanton destruction. <laughs> yeah, but I, 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 well, again, Christopher Reeve, I just love Superman, and uh, and I still say even in <clears throat> Superman three, Superman four, he still portrays a very good Superman and Clark Kent. It's just the story and the people around him that ruined those movies. Um, but otherwise, that that was the the character he was born to play. And uh, I still think of Superman as Christopher Reeve. Although Henry Cavill is definitely a close second. Yeah, agreed. And I will send you, Fedra, I have a, a video of Henry Cavill working out with the, the personal trainers. Sweet. And was, it, was her name Fiora? Um the female Kryptonian. Mm-hmm. She worked out too. That I give him. Zack Snyder, what he usually does is he has his actors really go through a strict regiment of personal training, and I think you'll be impressed when you see it because they really go through some immense training. And I give her credit because she was wearing a suit the whole time. You never got to see her guns. Yeah, she, she was fierce. Yeah, I, I loved her. I thought she was a great character. And I, she I was remember, a good villain. She really she was. was. And, and what annoyed me at the time was when they cast Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman, she was skipping those training classes and the diet. She was like, no, you know, I, I don't like doing it. And that's what always annoyed me because, like, when you still see her, she looks good as Wonder Woman, but her arms are like olive oil arms. You know, they're... Not they don't have any biceps or tone or definition. Yeah, she's just simply hideous. <laughs> well, her arms are. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, also I, I I liked this villain because she was fierce and still like it, it wasn't like overly feminine or overly male. I think she did play a very good hmm. stoic alien. You know, even as a, a female character, which I liked. I feel like that needs to be uh, shown more. I really appreciated her dedication to that role because she really fulfilled it. She was fierce. She was intimidating. I mean, she was just getting after that general, that scene right before in the helicopter. Yeah. Like, that was dope. What did she say? A good death is... Uh... Is the greatest reward. Yeah. Yeah, and it has so much good things in it. Uh, but yeah, it could have been better. Again, if he would have yeah. hired me to edit it, it would have been a much better movie. It's like at first I'd say, let's get rid of this blue filter, please. Let's brighten things up a little bit. 
and get rid of the tornado scene. <laughs> you know? um, but what did you think of the music? I mean, it's Hans. It was completely notable of Hans. Very percussionist. Um, yeah, not bad. I don't think it was his greatest. I, 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 I love that soundtrack. I mean, it was, it was good, but it, it was not John Williams, that's for sure. No, but I it's still, different. Yeah, I still think Hans's masterpiece is uh, that uh, film uh, Stellar with uh, Matthew Anderson. Yeah, Matthew yeah, McConaughey. That is, that that's great. That yeah. is his masterpiece. I mean, I, I want to see if he could even top that. I, I don't think he can. That that was just beautiful. Overall. Yeah, in this movie, I remember when this movie came. Oh, I bought the soundtrack. Um, I think he used twelve drummers. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. I can believe it. <laughs> and he had like some of the most famous drummers at the time. I, I, I know Sheila E was one of them. You remember her? No, you remember I, Sheila E? She no, was like I a, remember. I don't know if Edward does. <laughs> yeah, maybe that was before her time. She was a protege of Prince. Oh, wow. Oh, okay. And she was a drummer. She was very hot, too. Um, and she was a singer. But, you know, she would have like a little snare drum. And uh, she'd be singing in a sexy outfit, and then she'd be just going to work on this little snare drum, and she was very good. But she was one of the drummers, I think, uh, either Keith Moon or Ringo Starr's son was one of the drummers. Uh, oh, just wow. a, a lot of famous drummers were involved with the percussion side of the of the scoring, which I always found impressive. Um, I, I love that soundtrack. It's just beautiful. But... I still say you watch Justice League after you watch Batman v Superman because it's yeah that's what's next on the list. I don't want to spoil anything, but you should watch it. Okay. Um. All right. Before we get into She-Hulk, I was going to mention this to you guys. So they have this thing on YouTube. It's called Death Battle. And they usually have different characters from different franchises go up against each other. So next month they're going, and they do a really good job at it too. My nephew Frankie had introduced it to me, and uh, I had seen them. I just never clicked on them, but they do such a good job. I think that they had, uh, was it? Is it no, Invincible? Who was the guy from Invincible? The bad guy. Ultraman? The father? Yeah. I don't remember his name. Yeah, I might... I, I forget. I think it might have been Ultraman versus Homelander. You know, who would win in a battle. And, like, they totally dissect it. And they animate it, too. Like, they look at their greatest powers and their, their weaknesses. And then they declare a winner at the end. And it's, it's actually pretty cool. But next month, what they're doing is they're doing James Bond versus John Wick. Ooh. So my question to you guys is, who do you got? Hmm. That's a tough call. I don't yeah. know. I think it's easy for me. Uh. Wow. That, like I said, that's a tough call. Uh, you know what? I would almost say. John Wick, 
only because he's he's younger. He might uh, outlast Bond a little because Bond, I think, is usually like an older guy. So well, I would this- think it would be like a guy like approaching his fifties versus a thirty. 30- a 30-year-old guy. Um, maybe not his 50. Is this including John, like, James Bond's gadgets and stuff, or is it just James yeah, Bond? You could do that if you want. Hmm. That does oh, if he has sense. gadgets, it would be Bond, but I, I'm thinking more of a straight shootout. Yeah, if it's toe-to-toe, I'm with John, John Wick also, but if the gadgets are involved, then hmm, James Bond's got a Got a, a head Bond's there. got gadgets. Yeah. I would go with John Wick, just because I don't know his complete history, but he must have trained very young to be an assassin, and he is—he's—he's he's definitely killed more people than James Bond. And when you look at how many the odds against him, and how many people he's killed, I just think that his abilities are, especially in hand-to-hand combat are much better than James Bond's. Like, yeah, James Bond might have the gadgets, but I can't think of any specific gadget that would do so much immense damage against John Wick where, you know, it would cause instant death. Where I I think that the two of them going at it, John Wick would just destroy him. He's more aggressive. He's almost like an animal when he kills somebody. And not the, you know depending on who's playing James Bond uh, he he is very well trained he's the best spy in i guess the uh, MI6 or the 00s but i i just think that John Wick is on a completely another level like he's uh, throughout the series they what do they call him Fedra the Baba Yaga the Baba Yaga <laughs> you know except, that, he, except again that's supposed to be female but they're putting him as Baba Yaga. So, so if he was Baba Yago, would that be male? <laughs> That's what I do with my Spanish. Yeah, no, it's well, it's Russian. I know it's but, Russian. Yeah, but um, yeah, I yeah, like I said, I just think he and he, and he just keeps moving forward. You know, he just doesn't give up, and that's how I see it. Anyway, all right, let's get to She-Hulk here. <sighs> so, Jack, you you weren't here last week, and uh, we discussed She-Hulk episode one, but you've seen episode one and episode two. Fedra's seen episode one, so, all right, Jack, what's your opinion on the series? Um, <clears throat> well, my opinion on a series um, sounds like it differs from a lot of people. Um, but honestly, I enjoyed it. Um, She-Hulk is a very light character. Um, she's a fun character. So you don't have a lot of that anger and angst. Like a lot of people keep saying, oh, she needs that because she's a Hulk. But that's not the She-Hulk. Uh, the She-Hulk is, she seems is to have very a lot of different anger. from the Hulk. And uh, I've heard, like, a lot of people complaining about how, uh, how do you say it? Um, That's woke. 
Well, a lot of it, a lot of it is woke. Um, I'm not saying I'm not agreeing. A lot of it have problems, but a lot of people particularly have a problem with uh, that one scene where she's describing, you know, how she's always angry. She's always dealt with it. And a lot of people took that as woman-splaining. Woman, yeah, woman-splaining, I guess, is is the term. But one thing that the, the arguments that people have made about this, they all these arguments fall apart when you look at the comic character of the Hulk versus the MCU version of the Hulk. Now, in the comic book, Bruce Banner is screwed up from childhood trauma completely. Um, his father abused him. His father killed his mother in front of him. Um, he's been constantly bullied all through his life. Now, if you go back and you think about the Hulk we've seen in the MCU... That wasn't there. Bruce Banner has problems because he's got this incredible rage beast in him, you know, and that was, that was actually kind of there in Ang Lee's Hulk. Yeah, but Ang Lee's Hulk isn't no, it's not considered no. part of MCU. Even Ed Norton's is kind of only like a fringe MCU. Um, but even Ed Norton's, you didn't see that childhood trauma, childhood abuse. What you got was, here's this guy, and he's living with the fact that if you're a halfway decent person and you turn into a rage monster, you're going to be upset about it. You're going to be traumatized by it. That's enough. So, But all this other stuff that they start comparing and bringing into the argument, that doesn't hold up in the MCU because this Bruce Banner, this Hulk didn't go through that child abuse, that trauma that we know of. There's never been any mention or hint of it in the MCU. And honestly, tell you the truth, I'm quite glad that it's not. No, I agree. We, we don't need to enter, you know, the real world is horrible enough. We don't need to introduce it into this that we watch for pleasure. Um, Amen on that. Yeah. You know, we don't we don't need it. It hasn't been brought up. It hasn't been brought in. So as far as as far as we know, her assessment is right. You know, like yeah, she knows about the personal side of the stuff. You know, from the way you know, unfortunately, women get treated. You know, and it sucks. But well, know. I will say since we have. A woman on the show like Fedra what do you feel about the statement that she made uh, I think I mentioned it uh, in my Facebook post and some people went off on me and <laughs> some people didn't. oh yeah you can mention Charlie's comments too yeah um, so my opinion on the the rant it was kind of weak because I mean the whole cat calling thing I mean, I know that that begins for women, not even when they're women, it's when they're girls. 
could start as young as 12 to 13. So something that we uh, we kind of get used to, you know, and uh, not to say that we should, but it's, you know, it's kind of part of the package, <laughs> you know, when you look this great as a woman uh, <laughs> or a girl. Uh, so the catcalling thing, it was just like, all right, um, you know, maintaining emotions and, and having that strength because you're a woman. I mean, to me, it, it sounded like it was placed there for a, a particular agenda or or maybe, you know, this kind of feminine empowerment moment uh, where I wrote that it actually showed more strength to Hulk in that scene. Because at the very end of that scene, she raises her voice, she moves forward at him, her eyes are all big and heated. So it's like, do you really have control? Because it seems to me this huge guy in front of you is quiet, is attentive and listening and not really reacting to you. And he's definitely dealt with the Hulk part for a lot longer. So I can see that they're trying to just sprinkle a little bit of the feminine, which I can, you know, understand that, yeah, I've I've definitely have had uh, men in my life tell me that they know better or they're smarter or they're stronger. And, you know, and I looked at up at them, you know, being five foot one. And I said, oh, yeah, I'll still take you, you know. <laughs> so, so, you know, it, I think it's about your spirit. I don't necessarily think, again, it's about this gender or identity thing. I, I think it's about your spirit. It's about the character and person that you are. So, yeah, if they wanted to, to make this a, a, a womanly empowered moment, I think they did it in a very subtle way that I appreciated. It wasn't wasn't too preachy and cheesy and they, they kind of made it funny and it did kind of be relevant to uh, the scene. I just hope from other videos that I've heard that you forwarded, Joe, of that they stated that Jack can definitely correct me. Uh, where in the comic, She-Hulk was very much empowered when she was She-Hulk, that she felt strong and, and sexy, and she didn't take nothing from nobody. She just, you know, did her thing. So I, I hope they show that aspect, because that is the kind of strength that I think women should should be shown, that it doesn't matter if you're, you know, tall or short or skinny or wide or you know curvy or you know a stick like it you know it, it's not about the image it, it's about how you hold yourself and from what was described of She-Hulk I hope that's shown in this show because that would be true and I like the fact that they're showing her humanely a little bit smaller frame a little bit shorter than him and then when she gets bigger it's very much extenuated all around that she's larger than life you know i i appreciate that part well part of part of what gets me in some of the videos too now the show i didn't i didn't pick up on it um but like i remember when she was introduced you know like some people say that she was quiet and mousy you know i don't remember her being that she was still a lawyer Hmm. and she was in court and in fact Part of the reason she was like shot 
it wasn't aliens. It was gangsters after her because I think she was like an assistant district attorney. Like she wasn't this. She wasn't mousy or anything. She was still kind of a gutsy little broad, you know, for lack of a better term, you know. Uh, and when she became She-Hulk, yes, she was still, you know, all of a sudden she's this seven-foot, you know, bombshell. But even later on, Jennifer Walters as as human was never homely. Like it's it's uh, unless you know some of these comic book guys um, don't look at real women. You know, everybody has to be that comic book beautiful, gorgeous supermodel. You know, yeah. even even the ugly girl next door is still you know a nine on out of ten. You know, in the comic books, you know, unless they're Mary Jane Watson, you know, they're hideous. You know, so well, oh, I, I she, she a lot of people are portraying this, portraying Jennifer Walters as this, you know, where I think the show did a pretty good job, and about her woman splaining too. We've seen that the relationship between her and Bruce is very playful Mm -hmm. and very open and very emotional. So even the fact that she was woman-splaining, like some people have said, oh, she's, you know, she has to cut him down. I don't get that. I just thought that was just her venting because, you know, this is my cousin who I love. Yeah. We're hanging out at a, on the beach, you know, we've been, you know, drinking in his homemade bar. You know, that's just her venting of the frustration that I've heard the same thing from girls that I know about the cat calling, about yeah. being worried that you're going to piss the wrong guy off because, you know, um, <laughs> the, the quote, and I'll say from the one friend in particular, that he could murder me with his bare hands. You know, this is a fear that she's had because she was always a a shorter girl, smaller in size, you know. So, like, her... Jennifer venting to Bruce about that, for me, seemed very similar to when I was having something woman-splained to me. (laughs) So I kind of got that that part, and I didn't find it as offensive as some people online i you know like yeah i i I don't see where this once again where this anger comes out of and a lot of people saying oh well you know she disrespects him she doesn't know that he went through this as a kid well we don't know that he went through this either no that's that's a great point jack you know and like i said it just seems it's like this once again, people can't talk. You're either super far in one direction or super far in the other. And you don't have to be. This is a show for entertainment. Don't apply too much of the real world to it, or you're not going to be able to enjoy anything. I think, you know, the problem would occurs though, I think a lot of people that are hating on this show haven't seen the show, and they just went into it wanting to hate it, just because of... 
you know, they, they're worried about how the MCU has been lately. They figure, well, why should I watch this show? It's going to be extremely woke. It's it's just going to really piss me off. But I, I think you really need to see it before you make a judgment. Because, I mean, I've seen it. I liked it. I liked both episodes. I don't really see a big problem. The whole, if you want to use that term, the woman's planning. I mean, I could see that. I, I've known girls like that, too, like that have gone through that exact situation. I've known girls in my office that are so damn smart and uh, are way ahead of some of the guys in the office, and they don't get promoted. It's, uh, But I also know some girls that are overly attractive, and they will get promoted. It's just life is not fair. That That's the whole thing. We all kind of – the majority of people have to deal with that at some point in their life is that they're going to come across situations where you're going to realize that life isn't always fair. And I, I do see that with women, like how they are compared to men. And because uh, it's been like that throughout history, unfortunately. I mean, things are starting to change, but it, it's something that's been inbred in us even as as young children, I guess you could say, like in our cartoons with Popeye and Olive and, you know, whoever the hell else, uh, even I guess Mickey and Minnie, you know, too, had it, like where she was always in distress. Uh, but I, I, I think there comes a point, too, when they, they kind of also cross the line where they're like, well, we, we have to show that not only are we equal, but we're... Uh, better than them and at times i think she does come across that like where they make it like well her blood is is more special than bruce's yeah um, i don't know where that came from well again that's the writers uh, yeah that's the right that there's yeah, certain, there are certain aspects of it's like wait where did this come from you know but um like i said overall i thought they did a pretty good job of capturing the fun, especially in the second episode. I thought the second episode was better than the first. But, um. Well, if I could just mention Charlie's, uh, you know, uh, sure. shout out. Uh, he said at the end of the episode of one, you know, how come, you know, they're in the court scene and it takes her sidekick to get her to, to get into She Hulk mode? Wouldn't the fact that, that villain just bursting through the wall would have made her into She-Hulk. And I think that's a good point. Like, how come she's so good in control of it than, than the Hulk? I, I don't, I don't buy that. I think it's too fast. And, and they address that in the second episode. Oh, they do. Okay, cool. Yeah. Because, um, she, as, as she said, I don't want to be a superhero, you know? So she wants to keep that, out of her life, especially her professional life. Gotcha. And like I said, that takes, that is one of the big points in the second episode, which, like I said, I I thought was very good. And the conversation, well, you know, she talks with Emil Blonsky. Um, Who's the abomination? The abomination. Thanks. That's, That's very much a theme of what the She-Hulk comic run was like by Dan Slott, um, where she's there as lawyer to the super-powered community. 
and sometimes she has to represent, you know, these villains. And sometimes it's interesting to take that the villains are using for defense. I, I think what it comes across with some people is that it, it's much easier for her to become the Hulk and then go back to human form than it is for Bruce, uh, which I guess bothers people. But Bruce also, he had a lot of control over the Hulk in, in the first Avengers because, like he said, he was always angry. You know, it's not like he had to have something drop on him to become the Hulk. Like, he was able to become the Hulk at that point, you know, like when that giant, whatever you want to call it, from the Chitauri. Oh, and they're in the helicarrier, and it starts crashing. And he's up there, and debris is falling on him. It's falling on uh, the Black Widow. You know, that's what set him off. Well, it was also Loki's staff, too. Yeah, I mean, it, that was, he kind of had it pretty well under control until that point. Yeah, usually when he turns, yeah, like the Black Widow messes, not Black Widow, uh, Scarlet Witch messes with his mind. Right. Uh, you know, it, it's he he does seem to have control, but I do think like again, if if he's attacked or somebody punches him in the face, yeah, more than likely he's going to turn into the Hulk. But I think that's going to happen with Jen too. I think if somebody punches her in the face or hits her over the head with a chair, she's going to have no control and just you know it, it, her emotions are going to just go sky high and she's going to turn into the hulk but I, again i think people like I, my point is i i'm conservative and due to my likings youtube gives me this algorithm where i get a lot of right-leaning comic book analysis podcasts or whatever you want to call it and i've been sending it to you guys and it does seem like they're all in the same bandwagon like they're all united they're like we have to tell everybody that this show sucks it's super woke you know it's disingenuous to the character of the hulk and i just don't see it it's like which show were you guys watching i found it to be fun i found it to be light it's like yeah she might have said some things that are like well yeah i'm better than you but i also think too that and i really hope that she's going to learn something from this because yeah definitely you know, because she's arrogant right now. Oh, totally. I, I think she's going to become humbled at some point, And I hope that that's the message. Because, yeah, like in the beginning, when she's training with with Bruce, a lot of times she's outdoing him. And she's like, this is easy. Yeah. Because it's I didn't, me. I didn't, yeah, I didn't like that at all. That actually was a huge turnoff of, of episode one for me. But, I mean, I, I identify as a libertarian, so my algorithm is all messed up. <laughs> I got I got everything from each but side. Even like, <laughs> but like I was saying, they, they even did that playfully, though. Like when they're throwing yeah. the boulders, yeah. and Bruce throws one, then she throws one a little, fo- a, a little further, and she's kind of smiling, and then he takes a third rock and throws it into orbit. You know, like... Well, yeah, he, he's holding back. It's kind of like, exactly. again, like, you know, I, if you have a little kid. Like, Not that yeah. she's being better. It's just he's like he's like going easy on this stuff because she just got these powers. Yeah, it's kind of like, you know, again, like say you have a son and you want to teach him how to play baseball. You don't throw a 100-mile-per-hour fastball at him when he's right. up to bat. You know, you want to get him into this slowly. You want to build his confidence. And I think that that's what Bruce has been doing 
because if he wanted to, yeah, he could throw that rock into space. He just kind of showed it's like, yeah, all right, you think you're better than me. What about this? And she's like, okay, all right, I get you. And that's you know. exactly how I took that whole training montage, <laughs> for lack of a better term. But, but that's why I think a lot of people haven't seen this show. They're just jumping on the bandwagon. And they're also they're playing to their audience because they know that the audience wants them to specifically to rip the show apart and say how horrible it is and that you know Disney it just needs to stop being woke and it's affecting everything that Marvel does but you got to again go into it with an open mind and and I, and I think if you do you, you're going to come walk away from the show enjoying it and I I've watched the first episode twice and I enjoyed it both twice I watched this last episode my biggest complaint with the last episode was i feel like they ripped us off you know because it was basically 20 minutes and yeah, that was short that was a short episode because the credits were like about six minutes and then you had the opening like recap Previously of what happened. On. yeah so it's like <laughs> what the hell are you doing and it's like oh well this season is going to be nine seasons and i'm like is disney doing this intentionally like, yeah. <laughs> did they just rip us off where we could have got a 40-minute episode, they could have combined two episodes and said, it's like, no, nah, let's just cut these into small bite-sized pieces. Yeah. And, to make it... and, or, and or is going to go nine seasons because they're 10-minute episodes. Yeah, you know, it's like, Gosh, we want to make them no. feel like they're getting more than they're actually getting. Um, that's terrible. That's like, that's what, what do they call it? That's like the inflation when it comes to how much you get for the item. Now they're doing it for the episodes. Yeah, well, that's, that's, well, when you watch it, you'll see Fedra. It's, it's so damn short. It's like when I was watching it, I was having a good time, and then all of a sudden, I saw the credits, like, wait, what? Wait a minute. (laughs) This was just get going. You know, it's like, you can't do that to me. It's, uh, that, that's, was my big complaint with the episode. But I, I like the actress that plays her. I think she's a good actress. I don't think any, any particular actress could pull off this role. Um, I oh, don't. That's good to hear. Yeah, she reminds me of a young Carla Tortelli, you know, from Cheers. So I can't oh, wow. see too many people. <laughs> really? Is it because of the holes. hair or what? <laughs> she's short. She's got like a uh-huh. bee's nest for her hairdo. Um, you know, I can't see that many guys following her back to her apartment. Um, you know, it's like Carla. It's like. I'm sure there were a lot of drunk people that got with Carla because I never understood that how many times she was hooking up with guys, getting pregnant. It's like she must, or there was just a lot of drunken sailors in that bar, you know, that just happened. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll stop there with Carla. I still love Carla. Stop there, okay. Um, but yeah, no, I, I do think that there's a lot of YouTube channels that they're trying to drive home that this is a bad show and it, it's not. And, you know, and I showed you a lot of the Star Wars girl this week and she's very attractive. She's knowledgeable f- with a lot of things, but I think she's very wrong, <laughs> you know, with what she's ranting about recently. Well, that, um, that was my thing. And the other one of the cartoon Irishman. I don't know his name. Oh, that is, I, Dave, I usually Dave like Cullen. Star Wars Girl very much. But they're all um, like that. The game, Geeks and Gamers. Yeah, and... but this time, I, I don't... Like I said, her her big thing was 
about, you know, the Hulk being, you know, what he went through is is made little of. Um, I can't even speak. Oh, this is really bad. Join um, the club. She 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 made it sound like you know, you know she's cutting him down because she she's not appreciating what he went through. But like I said, we don't know if this Hulk went through all that stuff. You know, yeah. If if we did know this background, and then she's giving the oh woe is me, you know. You know, it's then it's like, hey, she's got to remember she's his cousin. She should have some idea of what went on there, you know, mm-hmm. but we don't know that. And, you know, like I said, I. It's a light show. I didn't I didn't apply too much heavy stuff to it. I just wanted to enjoy it. And that's what I did. And some of the things she was saying about, you know, making him look bad. Um. I put that down to playfulness or the fact that he's there trying to teach her. And like you said, Joe, you're not going to throw a 100 mile an hour fastball at a little kid learning how to play. I think that's a good analogy of how he was during all that training that we saw. You know, but I I do also think that she comes off as a spoiled kid because like most people, would kind of want her powers, especially knowing that you can control it. It's not like she's the thing where she can never turn back to human form. Right. You know, she can go and live her life the way she wants to. And, she, and that's a definite advantage she had over her cousin. Yeah. Uh, you know, the whole thing is that she comes across as spoiled where she's like, well, I don't want to be a superhero. You know, I'm not going to give up my life as a lawyer, you know, just to, you know, I don't even know how much money you guys make. <laughs> You know, like she wanted to be a lawyer and that's it. It's like, it's nice that I got these powers, but I'm not going to use them. Well, Bruce is trying to explain. That's her job. That's what she likes. (laughs) You know, no, but Bruce is trying to explain her with great power comes great responsibility. You know, you have to understand that there are people that are going to need your help in life. And, you know, the the new law firm that she works for is taking advantage of her, you know, in that. They want her just because she's the She-Hulk, and they want her to. Defend oh, I didn't want to. I didn't want to ruin it first, Fedra. I, that's why I didn't. Well, it's not going to ruin it. it. It's not going to ruin it for her. Because um, it's twenty minutes. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what I mean. There's not a lot in there that you could not no. spoil. So. Okay. Um, well, I do, I am grateful that it is more lighthearted and and fun hmm. for sure than anything we've been watching the past year. So <laughs> I'm very grateful to that. Yeah, but the the aspect of the episode that Joe just brought up, that is part of her learning. You know, that's a part of her being taken down a peg. That the only reason she got this job is because she's a She-Hulk. You know, they liked her as a lawyer, but if she wasn't She-Hulk, she wouldn't be hired. You know, so she's starting to see like, hey, you know what, I have these powers. But there are people out there who were looking to take advantage of me, even though it's only been a day since I was exposed as the She-Hulk. But I would also say I'm making six figures. I'm probably got a better salary than my last position. I got this beautiful office. I have my run of of the law firm if I want to. If I had to turn into She-Hulk, so what? I mean, that's how I, I guess we're all different. And Fedra made a good point, too, which I guess this Star Wars girl 
try to I say, did. well, yeah, you know, the point where, again, like where you got catcalled, but since it started at such a very age, uh, young age that you're used to it. But I guess it's different for every person, you know, every every female that goes through it. Some some might see it as a, a compliment. Some might see it as something to be afraid of, you know. Yeah, and I I think also it's it's a good crossover to see how Hulk embodies being an Avenger and how his cousin like just doesn't want anything to do with it. And again, it falls down to choice. And again, I don't know how the whole show is going to move forward, but I like the fact that we're seeing it because being an Avenger isn't for everyone. You know, and I understand the the gift of of that and and utilizing it. There's some people that choose. I mean, it's if we look at everyday life, people have gifts that they just squander. They never Mm -hmm. they never pursue. You know, they stick to their nine to five and, you know, their picket fence with their dog and, you know, two plus five family and and. They stick with that, and that's their choice. So I, I like that that's at least being shown here in a way to see how is her, you know, mind going to be changed. Is she going to have this humble, you know, moment? Is she going to have an aha thing? Is she going to, you know, find some terrible villain, and then she's going to be like, oh, I've got to, I've got to join, you know, the clan now and and fight amongst, you know, my brothers and sisters type of thing. Like, I wonder how that's going to all pan out. Well, it's weird, too. This is a little spoilery where, you know, Bruce was pushing in the first episode how important it. she has a, an important responsibility to the mm-hmm. people on Earth that can't defend themselves and how she needs to realize that she has to be a protector. Meanwhile, in this episode, he leaves and he doesn't even tell anybody, you know, which you, you'll see again. It's not sounds I, like him. Yeah. <laughs> Typical Hulk situation. So in this episode, he's aboard that Sakaar spaceship. And uh, I guess he's traveling the cosmos, going back to Sakaar. So Jack, do, do you think that that's leading to something? Uh, you know, I don't... I don't know, because... The people on Sakaar, you know, they didn't go out to find the Hulk and bring him back. He, The Hulk was kind of shot off in a rocket that the Illuminati tricked him into getting onto. And when he got pissed and started smashing things, that's when it went off course and crashed into Sakaar. Um, and when he got there, they weren't really the most... Yeah, but this is, advanced this is not the comic having spaceships. This is not the comic books. He was in Sakaar during Thor Ragnarok. Was that Sakaar? Yeah. It was. Okay. Yeah, he's well, like, even that, yeah, that is very, a very different Sakaar than... Uh, yeah, the, no, it's different. Yeah, so who knows? Who knows? Maybe they, they went back because they wanted their champion back, and now they've got Professor Hulk. Instead of the big monster. So who knows? Maybe it'll lead to something there. I don't know. 
Maybe yeah. since the uh, collector is gone, that they want him to be the new ruler or something. I don't know. Well, something might be going down, and they might need his help. And maybe he does have fond memories of when he was on there for two years. Uh, Dan had mentioned something good. It's what if he has a son there? Uh, who knows? It's very possible. Very possible. The the collector may have sent him some uh, ladies company. Oh, you mean the uh, not the collector the no not the collector master. not the, the game master. master. Yeah, that's not it too. Wrong, wrong, uh, wrong. Elder of the universe, sorry. Who'd you say it was? I was saying the collector. The collector and the game master are part of the elders of the universe, and I had the wrong one. Jeff Goldblum. Jeff Goldblum. Since Jeff Goldblum, they're no longer ruled by Jeff Goldblum. Uh, <laughs> they're looking for a replacement. And he was... He was, damn it! <laughs> they brought they brought up the wrong movie for me. Talk amongst yourselves. All right. The Grandmaster. Yeah. He was the Grandmaster, not the. You, not you the said Game Master. The Grandmaster. Yeah. Okay. Um. I must be tired. I'm really messing up some of the names tonight. <laughs> Well, you're getting old, Jack. Thanks. Remember a couple I think weeks ago. Just, I think you're just tired. <laughs> no, I think he's getting old. We're all getting old. <laughs> We're getting older than you, Fedra, though. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I guess the bottom line is we all seem to enjoy the She-Hulk series. We, we, if you haven't seen it, I would say at least watch the first episode. And uh, the second episode's only 20 minutes, and it's not bad. It, it kind of... I, I liked her better in the second episode. She she wasn't like this big, I'm better than this guy or whatever. You know, she just was trying to find her herself in her new environment now that people know that she's She-Hulk. I thought the family dinner was kind of fun. Oh, and the family is actually very good, too. I like that a lot of them are a bunch of either idiots or they're obnoxious, you know, because they never do that, too. It's like when they would do Miss Marvel, they tried to make it like she had the perfect family, you know. Uh, you got to see that because not everybody has a perfect family. And these it's people like, are. But, but here's, here's something else that kind of is interesting. Um, before we came on, I read one of those little, you know, you get those stupid Facebook messages, and... One of them was titled, like, did She-Hulk just rewrite the Hulk's history? The woman at the table, not Jen's mom, the mm. other older woman, yeah, is named Rebecca. That is Jen's aunt. Bruce's mother was named Rebecca. Hmm. So there was th this article speculating that, like, hey, you know, uh, Bruce's mom may still be alive. That's 
because she's only listed in the credits as Aunt Becky. That's interesting. So that's that's also that that also put me a little bit confirmed to my theory that the MCU Hulk hasn't gone through all this childhood trauma that maybe she got divorced and now she's, you know, separated, divorced from the father. I don't know. Maybe the father died. I don't know. But um, that also kind of cemented my theory. Well, again, if we look at the origin that was shown in The Incredible Hulk with the opening credits, he basically just experimented with gamma rays. I don't know why that just can't be his origin story. He's a scientist working with gamma rays. He, he gets an overdose of them, and then, boom, he becomes this monster. Like you said, we don't need this background Pinocchio-like story. <laughs> you know, like And you know what? This wasn't part of the story for years and years. Yeah. You know, this, this didn't creep up until, what, like the mid to late 90s? Yeah, they always do that. You know, the the characters survived 25 years without all that stuff tagged onto them. Oh, I got pissed when they brought back the Green Goblin. Although I, you know, I like the Green Goblin, but he was dead. <laughs> you know? Um, all right. I'm just going to look really quick with the news since it's late. I will say that they had mentioned that Shazam, Fury of the Gods, and Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom are now delayed. Shazam's not coming out this year. Mm. It's, it's coming. It was supposed to come out in December. It's coming out March 17th. Well, you know what? I'm glad they had the sense, though, to delay it. Because they were they were talking about how, you know, it was just going to get demolished by uh, the Avatar sequel. Mm. Yeah. And then, then, luckily, same thing. Uh, they looked at Aquaman... And they were like, you know what? This this doesn't look as good as it should. So it's gone back to have some of the special effects reworked. And you know what? I think that's a smart move rather than put something out that isn't going to look as good as it should. Yeah, I'm okay with that. I mean, if that's the case or if it's, again, uh, the new leaders at Warner Brothers Discovery are looking at these movies and are like, yeah... I don't know if I like this. <laughs> you know, I, I don't think they're going to cancel those movies. But I, I honestly, I we never seen Batgirl. I don't know if it necessarily needed to be canceled. Um, I would have still liked to seen it just out of curiosity, even if it was bad. Postponing it, I think, is a smart idea because you definitely want to bring out a good film. You don't want it to bomb. There's too many movies that have been bombing lately. <laughs> That's true. No, there has been a lot of crap movies, and well, I mean, even even going back, I mean, look at uh, the ending of Black Panther. Some of that CGI didn't look all that good. That last mm-hmm. big fight scene of the purple suit versus the orange suit. Yeah, that's true. You know, I mean, maybe that could have used to say like, "Hey, let's hold us back a little bit till we get it looking better," um, or like. In Doctor Strange, like, Joe, you didn't like that uh, monster in the beginning? The one-eye thing with all the tentacles? Yeah, the octopus, yeah. Maybe that could have used another little bit of touch-up time. Uh, So I think think Warner Brothers has been bitten enough times that they're like, you know what, we got to take a step back and look at things. 
And this could be a good thing. And who knows, maybe they'll fire this guy and we'll be lucky enough that he'll go work at Disney. I can only hope. Because, <laughs> yeah, uh, some, somebody's somebody's got to write the ship over at Disney. And then, and then just like that, Joe didn't have to worry about money no more. Just one last thing. <laughs> what was that from, Fedra? That's from Forrest Gump. Oh, okay. It's oh, yeah. My, it's one of my favorite lines. Invested uh, in Lieutenant Dan. Apple. Invested in some kind of fruit company. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just, like I said, just let me work at Disney for one year as a CEO. Pay me a billion dollars. I'll write the whole course, and then I'll just leave. I'll take my money, and I'll leave. I don't even need a bonus. Just give me the billion. That's all I need. Yeah, he deserves the bonus. Um, yeah, so they... They said there is a rumor that the director of WandaVision may be directing Fantastic Four. No, I don't have a problem with that. I do. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I I don't have feedback yet. I want to see what, what the director does with the Black Panther film, and then I could say something. See, again, I would just like for them to get a good director. I just... I don't like the whole nepotism thing, like where they did with Shang Chi is now directing the next. Uh, the director of Shang Chi is directing the next Avengers movie. And it's like, cause he did a an okay job, <laughs> you know. So I guess we'll give him Avengers. And WandaVision was okay, so we'll give him Fantastic Four. Why don't you yeah. knock on Christopher Nolan's door and ask him, do you want to do Fantastic Four? Because we'll give you a lot of money, you know, if you do it. And well, it'll make I, Joe very happy. See, I don't even know if Chris Nolan would do the Fantastic Four. Like, that's not his theme. Like, if they gave Chris Nolan, I don't know. I'm just using that as an the example. The X-Men? I, 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 think, I think he would be, like, a better fit for the X-Men. I think the guy who did the Spider-Man movies would be an awesome choice for Fantastic Four, because that's sort of his bleh. style. But... I don't know. I think he would have done a good job, but he removed from the project, left it. I don't know what happened there. Um, Chris Nolan on the X-Men. How how freaking awesome do you think that would be? That would be pretty cool. But I just my point is just a good director. I don't care. I, I just don't want a no-name director, and I don't want someone that directed a movie that I felt sucked. And that includes the Spider-Man movies. Well, here's the thing, too. This guy who did Shang-Chi, um, the Russo brothers came out on the scene, and their, fir- their first movie for Marvel was The Winter Soldier. Hmm. This guy's first movie for Marvel was Shang-Chi. You cannot compare those two movies in terms of style, in terms of story in terms of quality they're night and day i don't see how this guy got picked to do the avengers like i said it's like nepotism i would say or like again they're they're going to be pushing that we're actually we've hired an asian director to direct the next avengers movie because we care about the asian community it's like just give us something, you know, somebody that knows how to direct. That's a great director that got an A plus in directing in college, you know. 
Exactly. Get the best director. Their their nationality or sex or sexual leanings, that shouldn't play into who's a good director for what. They've got to be good. Uh, It's It's the same thing. You do not... There are plenty of men who have written great runs of female superheroes. You've had Greg Pak, you've had John Byrne, you've had oh, you've had plenty of them. Don't say no one can write Wonder Woman except for a woman. No one can write Captain Marvel except for a woman. It's it's not about that. You know, and that's a, that's a real problem and an outlook for a company, especially yeah. when you have these franchises that people love. Get the best directors for a movie. It doesn't matter if they're black, white, yellow, red, polka dot, orange, whatever. It doesn't matter. They have to get the best directors for these movies. I would like to see. I'd like to see a po- I'd like to see a polka dot director myself. I've never seen one. Of Bring those. on the spots. Uh, all right, so last one. Avatar was removed from Disney Plus without Disney even mentioning it, and uh, it probably has to do with the fact that it's going to be released in theaters again on September 23rd, and it's going to be remastered with new visual effects. Okay, well, why take it off the? The Disney Plus. What about the people who want to stay home and just watch it? I think that's not. It's not a wise decision. Well, I don't think it's a nice decision. You know, it's like why take it? Yeah, like it's like well, too bad. If you want to go see it, you got to go to the movies now or or buy the Blu-ray that's out there. Um, I think they they want. But so Raven have released on Blu-ray, or you mean buy the new and improved Blu-ray? Well, it's going to be released in 4K, and I'm sure that's going to come out after this movie comes out in September, with the new enhanced visual effects. We haven't seen what they look like. Hopefully, it'll it'll look nice. I I don't know. I'll probably pick it up because I'm a sucker. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of the movie, but it it looks really nice, even in HD. So I can imagine what's going to look like in 4K. But, yeah, and no, I, I don't think it's right. You know, like, if you subscribe to Disney Plus and they promised you all this stuff, it's like, look, you know, we have all the Marvel movies, we have all the Star Wars movies. Don't start taking crap away, you know, uh, just because you want to make more money at the box office. Oh, it'll be back in six months. It will. No, it'll probably it'll, be back it'll be even back. sooner than that. It isn't gone forever. No. Unless they're putting it into the Disney vault. Yeah, I missed that, actually. That that was a great idea by them, especially when they had videotapes, because the videotapes would wear out after a while. And right. just, they're like, oh, I got my copy of 101 Dalmatians. I'm set. It's going into the vault next month. Thank you, Jesus. And then <laughs> after your kids watch it like 50 times and the tape breaks, like, damn it. I gotta wait another seven years for this movie to come out out of the vault. Yep. Bring the guy all over again. In the VCR so they can watch it. <laughs> that's why I, I need to go and lead Disney. I need to be the CEO so I can teach them how to make money again. Well, 
hopefully, like I said, somebody starts opening their mouths and bringing the Awokenutty in. Yeah. Uh, anyway, Fedra, were you a fan of Avatar? Yeah, I liked it. It, it was visually very beautiful. Uh, I liked the, the story behind it. So I'm, I'm definitely interested in part two. Me too. I'm kind of... Well, it's not like I'm a huge fan of the first one, but there's just something about it that I like. But I think, like, the acting was all over the place. Like, the bad guys were awful. Sam Worthington is probably one of the worst actors in American history. And he just was so lucky to have gotten that role. Um... But yeah, no, I'm curious as to what's going to happen in, in the next movie. And, and it's James Cameron. James Cameron, he just knows how to sell a picture. That he does. All right, I guess we'll wrap this one up. So, Jack, can you tell everyone where they can find you? You can always send me email at jackm at wdwnt.com. And Fedra? For a good time, you could follow me on Instagram, or you can Damn. be my friend Ooh, for a good on Facebook, time. and you can email me with your love mail or hate mail at Fedra at WDWNT.com. Fedra is no She-Hulk. I don't know. Uh, you get her going. She, she can Hulk out pretty well. No, but she's more like, give me some cat calls. <laughs> <laughs> If you want, you can email me at joe at wdwnt.com or send me your friend request on Facebook and check out WDW News Today, Disneyland News Today. Hey, Joe, what if they really like it and want to contribute to a Patreon supporter? I haven't gotten there yet. (laughs) Why are you rushing things? I'm tired. (laughs) Well, no, yeah, I know, but I'm trying to rush getting over this. And you're like, oh, by the way. All right, so what Jack said... Yeah, go to www.patreon.com wwnt if you want to contribute to all this lovely podcast that the WDWNT family has and provides to the masses. All right, so with this, and with that, this will be the end of WDWNT Nerd Alert Season 8, Episode 38. So until next time, see ya. Good night, everyone. And be good to each other. Good night. Yeah, I don't know how to turn this thing off, so. (laughs) (laughs) No, I think there's a button for recording, isn't there? Here, I can be be the robot. Recording stopped. That was very good. (laughs) You almost fooled me.